Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Well, whether you want that sexy body, a great love life, a great work life, or lots of money, whatever it is, so many of us, when we saw the movie The Secret, learned about the law of attraction and thought, aha, That's it. I'll just use the law of attraction. And so many of us have come up empty-handed or disappointed. Why? Because we really don't understand what the law of attraction is, how it works. Most people think it's really simple or kind of think it's some form of magic. And all you have to do is just imagine what you want and kabam, kazam, it's there. Well, I'm sorry, my beloved. None of that is true. Tonight you're going to get to hear from an expert on the law of attraction who's going to help us navigate the do's, the don'ts, and where we make our biggest mistakes when we're working with what really is a powerful principle, the law of attraction. Her name is Kelly Cooper. She specializes in the law of attraction focusing on clearing up those old misconceptions, and she bridges the gap between the theory and the reality of manifesting what you want, whether it's success or true love. And, of course, here at Modern Love, we know all about what it takes to create the love you want and to accelerate results you need. And that's because we know you need a toolbox. You've got to have a toolbox full of the right kind of tools. And the law of attraction might just be one. But for certain, I can tell you one tool that's going to help you, and that's training. Research shows those who do premarital training or get training if a relationship breaks down will actually cut the divorce rate by 50%. So I encourage you to join me for one of our once-a-month live intensive trainings. We have one coming up September 30th called Harvest. And this one focuses on money, money, money. Why? Money is the leading cause of fights, the leading cause of fights that lead to divorce, the leading cause of upset and anxiety in relationship. And if you're single, it's causing you anxiety anyway, so do come. Join me for our Modern Love Academy event that September 30th. Go to Eventbrite to register. Now, let's take a quick Ask Dr. Brenda question. I love your questions. This one is coming from Hands Tied in Dallas, who says that she is living with her boyfriend. He has no children. She has two Every time they talk about getting married, 
her daughters scream, yell, cry, and have a fit. And so she's afraid to get married to her beloved Ray because of this. Any suggestions on what we should do so that Ray and I can get married? Hands tied in Dallas. Look, hands, untie your hands. Your children can't run your life. They aren't qualified to run anybody's life, not even their own. Why? Because their brains aren't finished. So if you give your power to children, I'm wondering if you're really ready for marriage. So I'm going to advise you and Ray to get the to a qualified couples therapist and take a look at what fears may be stopping you. Maybe what your kids are doing is just acting out how you feel. And if it's not that, then, hey, let me introduce you to the concept of boundaries. Parents are parents. Children are children. The parents make the decisions because it's good for the children. And it's important for you to say to your children, you know, when Ray and I get married, you're going to get to learn how to be in a good relationship because we're going to show you how. Very soon you'll be in a relationship of your own, and you need to know how to do it. All right, let me tell you more about our guest tonight. Kelly Cooper went from broke, adrift, depressed, to becoming a world-traveling solopreneur. Since 2011, she and her husband have been living the digital nomad life, funding their adventures with multiple sources of income. Kelly loves what she does, and she loves sharing how she got there, and becoming a deliberate creator of your life experience is what she is going to tell us now and how she used the law of attraction to get there. So welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you? I'm very good, Dr. Brenda. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm excited to talk to you because the law of attraction is something that has really confused a lot of people for a long time. And first, tell us, how did you get interested in the law of attraction? You know, uh, you know, probably from my early 20s on, I did feel interested in personal growth and personal development. I kind of felt that, you know, push to better myself and better my life. And I don't exactly remember, I think maybe when I first met my husband, I think he had introduced me to some um, teachers of it. Maybe uh, Joe Vitale, Bob Proctor. I remember he had a Bob Proctor CDs that we would listen to in his car. Right, these are all intrig- people that were in the movie The Secret, yeah. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, they were talking, you know, there was this idea of, you know, your inner world creating your outer world, um, your energy, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, how you focus and Did what you focus on. Did that sound crazy to you when you first heard it? You know what? It didn't really sound crazy to me. It was something that I really... I feel like it's something that we know on some level, and then when you hear it, there's like a recognition of something that maybe wasn't conscious, and there was like this feeling I got, like there was this like, this like, hmm, this makes, like intuitively I felt like there was something to it. It made sense to me. Now, Even did you grow up time, in a family where people talked about these kinds of things? Did you have oh, any preparation no. for these ideas? No, definitely not. I wasn't, you know, my parents weren't particularly negative or anything like that, but I think they were just like most people that 
they didn't really discuss these things. It wasn't something they, they really gave much thought to. So like I said, I didn't grow up in a, a negative household, but yeah, this definitely wasn't something that I was exposed to or that, you know, my parents were telling me or anything like that. So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was brand new to me at that time. But then at the same time, I felt like I was stumbling upon something that I knew on a deeper level. I just yeah. was never really yeah. consciously thinking about it. Yeah, and I'm always curious it. about what draws us to these kinds of ideas and experiences because we come to it from different places. Some people, some of our listeners I know came to uh, transformation, growth, and awareness because of being in pain, mm-hmm. emotional pain or physical pain or a breakdown in their lives or you know, a lot of us had traumatic childhoods. I'll yeah. raise my hand on that one. So we were yeah, looking think, for answers. Yeah, I think most people are drawn to that path, right, because usually, you know, that sense of contrast drives our life in a way. We are unhappy in some way. We feel like something is lacking. We feel like things can be better. And like you said, pain, trauma, physical or emotional, you know, all sorts of issues that leave us maybe not feeling like our best selves. And we're you know, we're drawn to that path, and I think we're drawn to the law of attraction in particular from that sort of space. We're, we don't have the money. We don't have the boyfriend. So what just, is, when you talk about we're drawn to the law of attraction, what is the law of attraction? Break that down and give us your definition, and we'll kind of compare that to what most people think it is. Um, the law of attraction, I see it as a universal law that explains how reality, I guess you would say, functions maybe, <laughs> like, you know, explains why things are the way they are, um, the root of, like, what, what happens in the world and in our individual and collective experience, you know, humanity as a whole. So to me it's the idea that I guess, you know, a lot of people say, like, like attracts like, like attracts like. So, you know, whatever's happening internally inside, there's an invisible energetic realm of, Thoughts, emotions, feelings, focus. Yeah, yeah. And so what you're saying is if we have, basically saying if we have negative thoughts, negative emotions, we don't feel good about ourselves, we're actually generating, and I'm going to put it because, you know, all of our listeners know I'm a big-time science geek, and just put it in the neuroscience terms, we're actually generating neurological impulses that translate to energy and we're just creating the very thing that we think we deserve, the thing that we came from, whether we want to or not. It's it's like um, a Mm -hmm. compulsion. Yeah, it's basically the world is a mirror. Your experience is a mirror. What's happening in your life is just that's showing you I I always like to use the word predominant because I think a lot of people with the teaching, they feel a pressure, like if they want to get what they want or have a good life, they have to be happy all the time and they can't have any negativity or any limiting beliefs. And I guess in theory that's possible. I personally haven't reached that goal yet. Maybe I'm just not working hard enough. But I always Yeah, well, I don't know that the Dalai Lama has reached it either, Kelly. Yeah, exactly. So I always like to stress that because people can feel an immense pressure to be like, oh, if my inner world's creating my outer world, then I have to be positive all the time. And we just press down and deny our negativity and the energy doesn't change. And and that's really the root of most people's struggles is they're not actually dealing with what's there. Yeah, there's a real danger in repressing feelings and trying to pretend they're not there. And, you know, I, I just have to go on record, guys, and I'm putting both feet down on this one. 
Kelly is not, and I am not, advising that you go into any kind of denial of what you're feeling, what you need, you know, what's going on inside you. Rather, what we're both going to be talking about, Kelly's going to talk about law of attraction, and trust me, I always encourage you to find a safe, healthy way to express what's going on so you can get your needs met because that's what we're all about. So, Kelly, you're saying when you define law of attraction, it's like attracts like. What's going on inside is mirrored on the outside in our lives. Now, Mm -hmm. what is the biggest mistake that you've seen people make in using the law of attraction, talking about the law of attraction? I would say the biggest issue is people viewing it as a tool that you can use to manipulate reality that you probably weren't using before, hence all the unwanted in your life, rather than seeing it as that universal law that has always been operating in your life, but you just weren't conscious of this truth and you weren't conscious of how you were directing your attention. You weren't conscious of your belief system. So this knowledge, knowing that you can now be more deliberate in your focus You could be more deliberate in examining your inner world and seeing how am I focusing, how am I feeling, what do I believe, what do I feel. And by making that energetic transformation, if that energy is the level of cause, then... Okay, Kelly, stop for a second because you lost Mm -hmm. me. Hold on, you lost me. I want to just go back for a minute. I'm sorry. uh, Oh, no problem. This is so fluid for you. You've got it down but I know this is new for some of us, and I lost something. When you say the biggest mistake is that people are thinking that all they have to do is change their thinking and everything changes, that, that's what I wasn't clear on. Oh, no. no. Changing the thinking is important. I think what the, the biggest uh, mistake people make is, they don't recognize that the law of attraction is something that's been operating in their life the whole time. They kind of view it as a tool they can use, and they think, well, I just ask for what I want, I just focus on it, and then I'll get it. And then people do that, and then they're like, wait a minute, but I said my affirmations, I made my vision board, I visualized. And I think what happens is the teaching, like the the concept of the LOA, it's become synonymous. The concept with of what? I'm sorry? The, I'm sorry, the law of attraction, sorry, LOA uh-huh. for like short. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's, it becomes synonymous with tools like affirming and visualizing and making vision boards and all of these things. And those things are very important. They help us shift energy. They help us focus positively. They give us some structure to the work. Right, exactly. But I think people make the mistake of thinking just by doing those things then these things will come to them, and then when that doesn't happen, they're like, wait, what happened? So what is missing? If those things aren't all it takes, what else should people be focusing on? What are we missing? Well, I think what they're missing is they're not actually changing their belief system and their energy in any, like, real significant way. It might be more on the surface, but Uh then if they were to examine how they're really feeling, whether their beliefs have actually changed, whether they're actually focusing in different ways, like, on more that's wanted rather than unwanted, for example, they might be like, oh, yeah, I actually haven't made much headway there. And then they'll see. So you're saying uh, people feeling wanted versus feeling unwanted. Did I get that? Oh, no, like focusing more on what's wanted rather than what they don't want and what they don't okay. like. Okay, um, got, got it, got it, got it. not changing. So I think okay. what happens is when people 
start examining that more closely, they usually come to find that they really haven't made any real change there, and so, actually yeah. their energy hasn't well, changed very much. Well, this is interesting much. because it's making me think about the first time I found positive thinking and positive philosophy. I stumbled in, literally stumbled in. I was out jogging one day during an episode of severe depression and jogging mm-hmm. what kept my head above water. So I was out jogging, and I looked up, and a friend of mine who had been counseling me on my depression said, you should go to the Unity Church. It's about positive thinking. I looked up, and I went, oh, my God, there's that church she told me about because I'd taken a different route jogging. I thought, well, heck, I'm as miserable as anybody could be. I'm going in there whether I'm in sweaty mm-hmm. jogging clothes or not. They were having their noon meditation. I'll always remember this. I go in, I sit down. And it was, you know, nice to sit in a quiet, peaceful place. They finished the meditation. The woman leading it, whose name was Elizabeth, I still remember, looked at me and said, my dear, when you came in, so much negative energy came in with you. Why are you so angry? And I, I mean, my mouth dropped open. I thought, oh, my God, she's reading me like a book she's never seen me before. How did she know? But that was the beginning of me starting to work with those principles of energy, and it led me to exactly what you said a minute ago, a workshop at that church to create the vision board. And you know what? I was manifesting like crazy. All these things were coming, checks in the mail, all kinds of opportunities, you know, new job, And I was riding high, and then came a crashing period. Everything was just zooming along, and I went back to Elizabeth, and I said, what happened? She said, you know, you had what we call beginner's luck. You got all these great things going, all this momentum, but now you have to do the deeper work. Mm -hmm. And you expanding. Yep. And that's, I think, the part people don't really see coming in this work because they think, yeah, make your vision board, ask what you want, think positive, believe in, receive, and all that. And if we didn't have any resistance, any trauma, negative emotions, limiting beliefs, that's really all that would be to it. And like you mentioned in my intro, talking about, like, the difference between theory and reality. And theory doesn't account for real-world conditions. And when we're talking about something like this, the reality is, we do have limiting beliefs. We do have self-sabotaging behavior. We may not really fully believe this is how the world works and all of that. And I think what happens is people don't really deal with that emotion enough to really transform yeah, it. Yeah, you know, we have dominant. a word for that. We actually have a word for that. That's called psychological reversal. Mm-hmm. And that's simply that part of your mind, your conscious mind says, I want to be healthy. I want to be my ideal weight. And then there's a part of us, uh, so so I'll give a quick example. Um, I I was just leading a retreat in Northern California this past week, and everyone there, very advanced students, far down the path, really ready for massive change and transformation in their lives. And we were talking about psychological reversal, that you know what you want, but somehow you go the opposite direction. I told the story of a woman who was afraid to fly. She got to the bottom of her fear of flying and said, okay, now I'm not afraid anymore. But then she realized, oh, no, 
now that I'm not afraid, I have to go on those horrible business trips with my husband, and I hate those trips. Mm-hmm. And the real reason she was afraid was she didn't want to go on the trips. Yeah. So the resolution is figuring out what part of us doesn't want some part of what it is we say we want, is afraid of being rejected or hurt if we get in the relationship, afraid of being abandoned like we were before, afraid that, gee, nobody else in my family has been able to hold on to property or money, so I'll get rid of mine. Whatever Mm -hmm. it is, there is something there if it's not, as Kelly just said, working smoothly. There's something there, and we do have to do the deeper work. I agree so with Kelly, you completely. What do you, what do you recommend when you started talking about processing negative emotions? What's the best process that you found? What do you recommend? I wouldn't say there's any one process. I feel like, you know, when we're talking about tools like that, it's really what resonates with you most, most and, like, what works for you best. And, you know, the best way to feel feelings is just letting yourself feel them and be brutally honest with how you're feeling because the honesty and how you're feeling is so important in this process because if you can't be really honest with how you're feeling, you can't really know what it is you're believing. You, you can't really get to the root of your beliefs, your feelings, your thoughts if you can't honestly assess how you feel. And I think what happens too a lot, a lot of people that are on this personal development, spiritual path, we get all these ideas in our head of like these enlightened perspectives, how we should feel, how we should look at things. And those perspectives are very helpful. But if we're not honestly inhabiting them at the moment, we have to be honest with, yeah, I'm really mad at my mom because she was a crappy parent. I really think I'm not worthy of all these things that we think we shouldn't feel, we intellectually understand aren't true, but how we're actually feeling might be very different. Yeah, and, and I want to really recommend a couple that. of things that I really know from many years of experience are helpful. They were helpful to me. They've been helpful literally to thousands and thousands of people that I've worked with over the years in workshops, trainings, et cetera, et cetera. One is to write down what you feel. I'm when a you big write fan it of writing down, down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have a chance to look at it kind of objectively. Secondly, honest and truly, join a community where you have people you can talk to who will support you and trust you, that you can trust who are on a positive path. And thirdly, yes. very important, there's no substitute for having somebody who's highly experienced and trained to assist you, whether it's a group process, a visual process. I'm a big fan of having a guide. I've had so many therapists, teachers, mentors. I can't even, honestly, I can't even count them. And they've all contributed to my life in a powerful way. Don't go down the path in the dark alone. Get somebody who's got a flashlight and follow them. Yeah, I agree. You know, I offer coaching services, so I might be biased. But something like coaching, therapy, especially when it's one-on-one, like nothing can beat that. So don't invest in yourself with these sorts of resources, like you're saying. And, 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 and you know, this part of the process, it can, be, it can get a little sticky. It can get a little uncomfortable. We, we might be going to places we've been trying to avoid. And, but if you're willing to do it and you're willing to look at your feelings in a different way, just as messengers are just showing you where you're focusing, don't be so afraid of them. Don't be afraid of getting stuck in that space you won't. When yeah, you and you know, Kelly, point, what you just said, it might get uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable, you're on the right path. Exactly, because you're, you're dealing with stuff that needs to be dealt with. That's and right. 
when you when you clear out all, because this is the thing too that's important to remember about this teaching. You don't want the boyfriend, the money, the better job. You want what those things represent in a feeling. Those things will make you feel a certain way. You are upset without those things, not because you don't have those specific things, but because you're assigning a meaning to the lack of those things. There's something that says it says something about you or whatever that feels badly. That's what's really the source of the pain. And when we're willing to deal with what's the true cause of the problem and not focusing so much on trying to manifest these things yeah, to make you know, the icky the truth feelings is go we away. We can't see ourselves. What you said about being able to deal with the real cause of the pain, we need somebody from outside to look at us so we can see or they can mirror for us what they can see. Now, Kelly, I'm going to take a really quick question. We have another Dr. Brenda question here. This one is from David in Daly City. David is basically, I'm going to summarize it because, David, this is kind of a long letter you wrote. Uh, The gist of this is that... You want your live-in partner to be 50-50 with you, and you feel like you're carrying 80% financially in terms of planning things to do that are fun, and your partner is not stepping up. So, David, please sit down with your beloved. If you love your partner enough that you're living with him, for goodness sake, sit down and say, I love you, and... I would really like to have a more equitable relationship. Is there anything getting in the way for you? Maybe your partner has money stuff going on you don't know about. Maybe your partner grew up always hoping that one day somebody would take care of him. Talk this out because it sounds to me like you're building up some resentment, and resentment's poison. You guys all know that. It's like drinking the poison, thinking the other person will die. Put down the resentment, talk it out, and then come up with something that feels equitable for both of you. For example, if your partner is earning way less than you, it's going to be hard to be in 50-50, but come up with what really feels like 50% to you and 50% to him. Thanks so much for your question, David. Now, Kelly, you get the last question, which is for those people who feel they're really far away from where they want to be. They just feel like, my God, you know, I've got to walk across 10 miles of a bad road to get there and it's boiling hot. How do they get started? What do you recommend they do? I would say the first thing is, you know, I know what that feels like because your mind tries to figure out how we're going to get there and it can't figure it out or it can only figure out two ways that don't seem possible, so you might as well give up before you even start. I would say the first thing is recognizing no matter what it is you want, you're after a feeling. Everything you want is because you think it will make you feel some way that you find desirable. Peace, love, fulfillment, whatever desirable, warm, fuzzy that we're after. So I would say when you start thinking about what you want, maybe write it down. Write down all the things you want and start dissecting it. What's actually behind those core, like those surface desires, the money, the job, the boyfriend, the, the weight loss, whatever it is, you know, why, why do you want those things? What do they represent to you? And what I recommend people do is, like, you know, keep break, each time you get an answer, keep breaking it down until you feel like you've hit, like, a core value, a core desire. And that list, that, that final list of things you're looking at, that So when you say you break want. it down, you mean what's behind 
exactly. I want a boyfriend. What's behind I want this? What would I feel is, is another question I recommend. Basically, what would exactly. I feel if I had it? Great question. Yeah, and then because that's all we really want is the feelings, the energies, and our mind translates that into specific things, money, a job, a, a boyfriend, whatever. And it's okay to want those things. There's no reason for them not to show up. But it doesn't change the fact that that's still not what we actually want. It's the feeling. And when we start identifying the feelings, when we get that clarity, what you'll find is you might not be able to start your new life tomorrow. That's okay. But when you identify the feelings, now you know you have a foundation to work with and you think, okay, what can I do now in my life to create those feelings? And as you do things that open up that energy, you manifest more things that will feel that way. And before and you know Kelly, it, your I'm life gonna feels hold great. you there only because of time. You and I oh, have a no lot problem. more to talk about. <laughs> Everyone, I want to give you Kelly's website. Her website is live life made to order dot com. Check that out. Live life made to order dot com. I love that, Kelly. That's great. Thank you so much for breaking down what the law of attraction is and what it isn't. And Kelly knows what she's talking about, everybody. She's living the life of her dreams, and so can you. That's what we're here for, especially in your love life. And I've got a gift for you. Go to Eventbrite and sign up for a free live teleseminar with me, Toxic Love, How Your Inner inner saboteur might be sabotaging your love life and inner saboteur is code for invisible wounds we all have invisible wounds that sabotage our love life i'm going to give you five things you can do to stop that sabotage now so that one of these free classes is tomorrow night will be another free live teleseminar next week my guest will be dr nick delgado who talk about how you get your body on the train also to having healthy love. Big thank you to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and to all you modern lovers and our wonderful guest, Kelly Cooper. Many blessings. Good night. <laughs>